Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Rootspace Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concern for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815 on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, an ominous sense of foreboding and ask me questions if I was confusing. I haven't been doing my podcasts about the Cubs here recently. There's really not a whole lot of stuff going on that I can put into podcast form. You know, you might have a little bit of, well, here's Pete Crow Armstrong taking a swing, or here is James Triantos taking some ground balls at third. And whether you are following on Twitter or on MILB.com or wherever you're following. Marquee Sports Network. You're possibly stumbling into some things and getting enthused and, hey, here's some Ed Howard stuff. Here's some uh, Reggie Preciado stuff. And you're getting ready for the season and it's wonderful. But really, it's not a whole lot of podcast stuff. It really isn't. It's you're watching and you're getting fired up because, hey, I'm looking forward to seeing these guys possibly do well. Where's this guy going to be? Where's that guy going to be? But there's really not a whole lot of information information because to get most of the information, you either have to be in Mesa watching practice or in Mesa talking with the decision makers or possibly at home, wherever home is, talking with someone who is in the organization and getting information that way. For instance, if someone is the cousin or nephew or sister or brother or parent of one of the Cubs prospects, then possibly they are getting some information about, oh, I don't know, how the practices are going or um, where, what the likelihood is that this person might be sent to this affiliate or that affiliate. So, you know, right now you might have somebody who has a fairly reasonable idea, one of the players, one of the prospects. I'm 80-20 going to Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach is 80. South Bend is 20. That's probably where I'm going. By now, it very well may be a case that there's somebody who's thinking 80-20 like that. Because they have information. They've talked to people. They've talked to their coaches. They've talked to their the people in the organization who know what's going on. So if you have some inside information, which I do not, then it's kind of useful to use that information to have an idea what's going on. But most of us don't have that information. I don't, and I'm not going to apologize for it. I, I'm i in Rockford, and there's really not a whole lot of merging between Rockford and Mesa. So, there's really not a whole lot to talk about as far as podcasts, but there is an ominous sense of foreboding. There was one story that came out in the last eh, 36 hours. Then there's another story that came out in the last eh, 18 hours. They're not related, maybe, or maybe they are. 
And if they are related, then it's really ominous. And since I really, I haven't read the articles. I haven't read the articles. I've seen the headlines, but I haven't read the articles. And nobody is saying the two stories are tied together. Nobody's saying that that I know of. But also nobody's saying that they're not tied together that I know of. So it's one of those things where there's bit of information A, bit of information B, and you are left to guess does information bit A tie in even remotely to information bit B? And it's a guess. It's a pure, flat-out, unadulterated, I have no idea, I'm just guessing, sort of a guess. It's a pure guess. The first story was that four owners voted against the last um, owner's offer to the players. Four owners voted against because they thought the owner of the offer was too generous. Too generous. See the Reds, the Angels. Who else was involved? The Diamondbacks. One other team. Generally small market. Generally small market. Though I don't see how you can call the Angels a small market. The owners of those four teams, I mentioned three of them, I can't remember who the fourth is. The owner, the offer to the players from the owners was too generous. They voted against an offer that was kicking up the competitive balance threshold, first lower limit, $5 million over five years. Or was it $4 million over five years? That was too generous. Four owners voted against. The owners are not interested in coming to some sort of a peaceful resolution. They want to completely shatter the players' union. That's what they're trying to do. They want to completely shatter the players' union and have everything the way that it was now and before and the players, these stinking rotten players, they shouldn't be getting all the money. All the money should go to the owners. Basically, that's what at least some of the owners are pushing for. I'm sure if you've been paying any attention, you've seen the articles, you're probably yelling at your phone what the fourth team is. I'm not really too darn worried about it. But you have owners who they aren't even remotely interested in the future of the game. They want to get theirs. They want to get theirs, and that's what matters to them. Get theirs, that's all that matters. Keep the system going long enough for until I sell it to someone else, at a massive profit, at a massive profit, then I'll let the other people deal with it. That's where the owners are.
at least some of them. Some of the owners might be interested in trying to compete, and the other owners are trying to make sure that the owners that are trying to compete by spending will be thoroughly punished for trying to spend. That's basically where we are. Now, some baseball fans think, hey, that's a good way to do it. Some baseball fans think, hey, that's a horrible way to do it. Some people, some baseball fans think, you know, I really don't give a damn about the owners. I'm interested in watching the ball games and the players. But owners are, in general, prioritizing wealth retention, keeping money, keeping their cash cow. That's what they're interested in. Now, this isn't new news. You, you've, you've seen it over the last day or so. You know the story. There's another story that came out tonight. It sounds like the Rule 5 draft, at least for this year, might get canceled. Hmm. Hmm. Again, I haven't read the stories. I haven't read the stories. I'm really not all that interested in reading the stories. I don't like reading stories about how baseball is completely crumbling. At least Major League Baseball. Um, But the basic premise of the Rule 5 draft is, or has been, I use the Roberto Clemente example. The Roberto Clemente example is about the best example there is of the Rule 5 draft, why it exists, etc. In 1953, December of, the Los Angeles Dodgers, no, Brooklyn Dodgers, the Brooklyn Dodgers, not the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Brooklyn Dodgers had to submit their 40-man roster for the Rule 5 draft. They submitted a 40-man roster, and those 40 players were ineligible for the Rule 5 draft. Rules were a little bit different back then due to specific reasons, but the Pittsburgh Pirates had the first selection, and they selected Roberto Clemente, who was not on the Dodgers' 40-man roster. Clemente stayed with the Pirates until his death in 1972 and was fantastic. The Dodgers, well, no, we don't want to include them on the 40-man roster because reasons and reasons and reasons and reasons. And the Pirates said, okay, thanks. We will take him. That's what the 40-man roster is about. Teams are forced into adding players onto the 40-man roster because there is a 40-man, because there is a Rule 5 draft. And since there's a Rule 5 draft, if you don't add a player by a certain time, he can get lost to another team because he wasn't added to the 40-man roster. Last couple days or so, some people are wondering, why does Brennan Davis get to play in spring training when all the rest of the players who are on the 40-man roster don't get to? And the answer comes back rather quickly. Brennan Davis isn't on the 40-man roster. Why isn't he on the 40-man roster? Because he doesn't have to be. You're added to the 40-man roster when either... You're called up to the major leagues prematurely or you're added to the 40-man roster to be exempted from the Rule 5 draft. Brennan Davis wasn't eligible for the Rule 5 draft this year. High school players get four 
full seasons before they need to be added. College players get three full seasons before they need to be added. Brennan Davis was was exempted, so he wasn't on the 40-man roster. Since he's not on the 40-man roster, he gets to practice, he gets to play, he gets to work out, whereas Alexander Canario, whereas Nelson Velazquez, whereas Ethan Roberts do not because they're on the 40-man roster. Since they're on the 40-man roster, they're locked out. So again, I haven't read whether it is the owners want to cancel the Rule 5 draft now, or they want to cancel the Rule 5 draft forever. Because if the owners have decided they want to cancel the Rule 5 draft forever, then players like Nelson Velazquez and Ethan Roberts, who were added in November to the 40-man roster, because if they weren't added to the 40-man roster, then they would be eligible for the Rule 5 draft. If there's no Rule 5 draft... There's no reason to add those sorts of players to the 40-man roster. Just wait until they get called up. So basically what you end up having is players like, oh, who do I even want to use for an example? I'll use Cole Roeder. I will use Cole Roeder. Well thought of prospect. I don't think he would be end up I don't think he would end up getting selected in the Rule 5 draft, but we'll just use his as an example of a player who some team might consider interested in plucking in the Rule 5 draft, theoretically, possibly, maybe. Just using him for an example. If the owners decide we're getting rid of the Rule 5 draft for all time and forever, there is never any reason for any um, organization to add a player to the 40-man roster unless they're going to call him to the major leagues or if he's been in their organization for seven years. There's no reason to. Cole Roeder, hey, you're doing kind of well. You're doing okay. But we're not going to add you to the 40-man roster ever because we've gotten rid of the 40-man roster, because we've gotten rid of the Rule 5 draft. The Rule 5 draft forces owners to add players to the 40-man roster before they are ready to be added to the 40-man roster. For instance, Miguel Amaya. Miguel Amaya was added to the 40-man roster because... Cubs didn't want to lose him in the Rule 5 draft. Wilson Contreras was added to the 40-man roster by the Cubs because the Cubs didn't want to lose him in the Rule 5 draft. That's why Wilson Contreras was added to the 40-man roster. He was added to the 40-man roster before he was added to the 40... Uh, he was added to the 40-man roster before he was going to be being used on the Major League roster, that's for sure. He didn't get used in the Major League roster until 2016. He was added to the 40-man roster in December of 2015. 
Maybe it was even 2014. If the owners are trying to ixnay the Rule 5 draft because they don't want to have to add players to the 40-man roster, they'd rather keep play, keep paying them basically nothing. That's another ominous sign of foreboding in the Major League Baseball universe. Thanks for stopping by.